Hey, welcome back to another episode of the People of Packaging Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Adam Peak. You can find me on TikTok at Packaging Pastor. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Adam Peak. Please go and like and subscribe and follow this podcast. It would mean a lot. Also, it would mean so much if you would support our sponsors. Shout out to Specrite. They have been a ride or die for a while. They want you to imagine a world without waste. Listen, they are changing the game. You're going to be faced with EPR regulations. You're faced with price pressure. All of the things. If you don't know your data, if you don't know your specs, then you're just going to end up guessing and you're going to end up wasting a bunch of money. You're going to end up wasting a bunch of material. The most sustainable thing that you can do is get to know your product specifications, your packaging specs. Go to specrite.com backslash PKG. And you already know the link is in the show notes. Also, Supply Caddy is our newest sponsor. Supply Caddy is a leading global manufacturer and supplier of packaging and disposables for the food service industry. With headquarters in Miami, Florida, and manufacturing facilities in North America and Europe, Supply Caddy is able to provide high-quality, affordable products for restaurant chain, restaurants, chains, and food service brands globally. For more information, go to supplycaddy.com. And you already know that. It's in the show notes. So make sure you support Specrite. Reach out to them. The team over there is incredible, as is the team at Supply Caddy. Make sure you reach out to them also. Okay, let's get to our latest interview right now. Hey, we are here in what might be described as a a podcast episode that would not naturally come about um, between sweet Gwendolyn French Jin and an ordained Southern Baptist minister. And I'm here for the whole thing. I'm ready for it. Uh, I think actually when we first met, you were like, have you seen our Instagram page? And I was like, it's fine. You're like, but have you seen our Instagram page? And I was like, look at it. I was like, no, it's still fine. It's we're still good. We're good. <laughs> uh, so I am pleased to be joined here on the People of Packaging podcast by Kevin Bayer. Did I say your name right? I forgot to ask before. That works. Well, it doesn't yeah. just work. Well, how do you say it, 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 most people say Bayer, but that's fine. Yeah, Kevin Bayer. Kevin Bayer. Ah, I'm so there terrible. I should have asked before. No worries. Kevin Bayer is the head of marketing and Larry McGeerty. Ooh, that was good. Yes. Ah, nailed it. Uh, who is the founder and assistant to the head of marketing. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm glad to have both of you join me here on the People of Packaging podcast. Uh, thanks so much. So why don't we do this? Uh, we'll start with uh, Kevin, um, not Bayer, Kevin Bayer. And uh, Kevin, why don't you just do a quick introduction on who you are, kind of what your role is at uh, Sweet Gwendolyn, and um, then we'll move on to Larry. Yeah, sure. So, hey, I'm Kevin, and uh, yeah, I'm the head of marketing here at Sweet Gwendolyn French Gin. Um, I've been working on this project from way back um, when uh, Larry and I started talking about it in 2015, um, but it was going before that in Larry's head. Um, but uh, yeah, so I I have a background in spirits. Uh, I've worked in I've worked in the spirits uh, marketing industry since about 2001. I've worked on everything from Sailor Jerry and Hendrix to Espelum, Smirnoff, Cointreau, uh, and a lot more. 
Um, and my uh, my role at Sweet Gwendolyn is um, yeah head of marketing, kind of uh, help you know bring bring the brand to life. Um, but you know because we're a pretty small team, we all wear a lot of hats. So um, I work with our content creator. I work with uh, the designers to to create everything, including the packaging, um, and then uh, everything up and down the, the chain from uh, from sales to uh, from sales support to. Uh, to, to everything everything in between you know dealing with the government on label approvals and and all that good stuff so it's it's a, it's a great thing about working in a you know working with a, a smaller smaller brand um, is that you get to wear a lot of hats and do a lot of things so you do the stuff you're good at and then you do the stuff that you become good at got it that's such a great way of putting it I, I've also worked for a small company before and it was I was the general manager for my uncle's packaging company which I just said a generally managed to do a lot of stuff and mm-hmm. you just nailed mm-hmm. it, right? That you, mm-hmm. you do the things you're good at and then you learn the things you're bad at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Kevin, but I've also been in the uh, spirits industry, uh, but it's mostly just been uh, the holy, the holy spirit. And yeah. Oh, you know what? I actually have a, uh, hang on, wait for it. Uh, there it is. Okay, oh, yeah. I got it. Yeah, nice. I'm, glad, I'm glad I don't just have to say it. You've actually got it on cue. I've got yeah. Well, it was it was terribly off cue actually. <laughs> I had it in my head. I should have just cued the rim uh, shot no, up on my. Anyway, uh, well, thanks, Kevin. That's super helpful, and I'm sure we'll we'll have a lot of questions around you know packaging and brand activation sure. and all of that. Even maybe even label approval because that's that's a whole special topic that you probably. Mm-hmm. Probably not a whole lot of podcasts out there about spirit industry label approval. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, Larry, Kevin mentioned that you had this idea for Sweet Gwendolyn prior to 2015. So, give us a little bit of your background. Well, uh, probably a little similar. I've known Kevin, got Kevin, I think 25 years now. So, I was part of the creative team that um, created Sailor Jerry. Uh, I've worked in the industry. For a very long time, as you can see in the gray in my beard. Um, worked with Campari, Proximo, and mostly on the advertising, you know, creative side to help people bring their brands together. So uh, this, yeah, this was always in the back of my head. I've been collecting the artwork that you see on the bottle from John Willie Bazaar magazine for 35 plus years. Um, and always thought that there was a place for this uh, as a product, uh, whether in clothing or, or, you know, as a spirit or as a perfume or, and um, because of my background, you know, I've owned a couple of bars and I had a clothing, there was a lot of things that came together, but working in the spirits industry seemed like a perfect place for us to sort of, you know, create a brand that would delight and bewitch, as we say on the label. Love it. I love it. So uh, I have a question about well, just, I mean, I want to get to the packaging. All yeah. Stuff, right? yeah. But um, so it says, it says sweet Gwendolyn French gin. Yes. So pretend like I don't know anything about gin. Well, don't, I, you don't have to pretend. I don't know much about gin. I'll explain so, it to you. <laughs> what's that? I'll explain it to you. Don't worry. Please do. Yeah, that would be awesome. I would love to hear about the 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 adjective like why french gin and what what makes is it different from like is there like polish gin i don't know yeah um, gin, there's gin all over the world quite frankly and i think one of the things that you know you can create beautiful packaging but if the product 
doesn't sort of capture the essence of what you're trying to do and is good, you've kind of just have a beautiful package. And I think we think about all the different details on it. Why French gin? There is John Willie was obsessed with the burlesque scene and drawing that and 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 conveying that to the world in his own way that he did. Um, the sensuality and sexuality of the essence of what France is about, but also because we wanted to really differentiate ourselves from everyone out out there. Um, lots of gins, uh, like the English dries and stuff, are juniper forward. So very much that we wanted to create something. If you think about gin as a natural grain spirit, it's like a palate. And you can put lots of lovely things in there. And I think that's what we decided we wanted to do. It's from the south of France. We use, it's infused with fig, cardamom, coriander, sweet orange, um, lemon. And it's the big part about it's finished. Oh, I missed one. Go ahead, Kev. That's why you're here with me too. Okay. I was going to mention it's also infused with um, sweet orange, which gives it a very citrusy, citrusy kind of uh, flavor. And then, and then we finish it with white wine and uh, it's a muscatel. And I think that's the big differentiator for us. You know, we've heard often from people, this is almost like a beautiful sipping gin, but it also brings out some really interesting stuff, like almost a perfect martini because some of the aspects of that. Hmm. So I think it's a little more, dare I say, a little more complicated than the single note of sort of that juniper forward kick you in the face kind of gin. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. Kevin, did you want to add anything it, to that? I was just going to add that, um, and also the ingredients are all sourced within France. So the, the base spirit is sugar beet, uh, which is which is sourced in France, and then everything else. And one interesting thing, you know, it's funny, you kind of, you know, you sort of learn as you go. I was uh, I was tasting the gin with someone uh, the other week in New York who was a spirits expert, and they said, and they said, oh, you know, I can taste the sweet orange in it, and a French martini like a, it tastes like a french martini because the sweet orange is so forward and it was a great point that we took so it was sort of you know it's sort of interesting we've been talking about it for a long time we're saying oh it's the perfect martini and hadn't really articulated exactly why it is and then someone else kind of brought up that like oh the traditional french martini has sweet it is sweet orange forward and that's what that's what makes it makes it here so it's it's really nice and um very drinkable and very french that's cool in its, com in its complexity I'm I'm looking forward to to trying some at some point in time. I'm not sure where in Salt Lake City, Utah, I could uh, procure <laughs> it. However, um, I, I do travel quite a bit for for work, so I'll. Is there a way? I, normally, this is at the end, but you you sell through retail channels, through I'm guessing through bars and restaurants, through mm -hmm. your website. Is that kind of yeah. where people? Mm -hmm. We have a, a pretty good national footprint um, right now. We're at Total Wine and Spirits. They just picked us up nationally in, uh, in 18, 19 states, Kevin, 19. Right? 28 mm -hmm. different stores. So yeah, you, sh you should be able to find us. We also sell direct to consumers through our website. Okay. So um, yeah, please. We'll try to awesome. get you a bottle. Awesome. I love it. Okay. So it's actually a nice segue, uh, Kevin, into this the the complexity that somebody i mean for both of you right but as the head of marketing and as the person that's doing a lot of the heavy lifting on the packaging i've always i've always been curious how do you really deliver on 
on that brand promise. Like Larry has this vision for it. And, you know, he's been collecting all these different pieces of artwork. And now you have to, it's not good enough to just have a really killer label. Like maybe it was at one point in time. Now it has to be consistent and follow all the way through from the digital experience to the website you know, to Instagram, to, I don't know if you're on TikTok or whatever it is. And then, and then also you still have to deliver at the retail level and packaging mm -hmm. plays a role in all of that. So I would love to just kind of walk through what, what is that like in 2023 as opposed to 2015, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that um, you're, you're right. Um, yeah. You can have a beautiful bottle and nobody, no one looks at it, but um the the thing that um that we've done is we've really emphasized you know our digital presence and our um and partnerships so you know start starting there you know we really spent a lot of time you know working instagram you know you know kind of conveying our brand values uh you know the, the packaging partnerships people like you know you know finding people who are like us whether it's you know in the lifestyle community or if it's in the in the cocktail community and really kind of stoking that those flames um one of the biggest successes we had is that um in sort of conveying the entire experience when we did uh we did some launch events last year in uh, new york la chicago and at tales of the cocktail and what we did was that we created this tasting experience. So, you know, we'd, we'd pick people out of the crowd at the events, you know, maybe there'd be a couple hundred, you know, hundred people there, or 150 people there. And we pick some people out of the crowd and we take them into a back room and blindfold them and then do this tasting experience with them. Um, and it was so powerful. And it, like, it was such a powerful tool to get people to appreciate everything about the product from the, the, the from the branding and the packaging to the taste you know, the taste on its own to the, to the cocktail. Um, but it was very much a heavy lift because you needed people, you know, you needed like five people working this event, you know, which is not scalable across the country. So what we did is we started to roll out further was that we created this uh, sensory experience called, it's called, we call it the salon of delights. And basically we recorded it. Um, we recorded the audio. It's about six minutes long and, um, and we go and we do these tasting events in bars. Sometimes we schedule them and sometimes we don't. We just started rolling it out in April uh, in New York, Chicago, and LA, and then coming to more markets. But, um, but what we do is we um, bring consumers aside. And sometimes we also do it with, with, uh, with uh, trade as well. We have the blindfolds, we put the headphones on them. And we basically run the tasting experience off of, you know, it's pre-recorded um, and it's great. It's very short. You know, it's fun. You know, like I said, it's about six minutes long. It walks through everything. So then, you know, afterwards, people are really looking at the bottle. They're really thinking about what they tasted. Um, we get so much feedback from from that experience um, that almost like Larry and I were at one in New York a couple weeks ago. And I couldn't really, it was hard to talk to everyone about it because everyone who did it wanted to talk about it afterwards. So you really have to like, you know, there was a lot to say. So we really bring it to life um, that way as well. Yeah. And what we thought, you know, originally we thought it would just be for, you know, a consumer experience, but everybody loves it. So we're using it as as staff training, as like introduction to trade, you know, which is bars and, and, and um, you know, liquor, you know, retail accounts, that kind of thing. Um, so it's been a really interesting um, experience and really one that people remember. Be, and we think it's partly, you know, mainly because they are blindfolded when they're doing the tasting experience that it's kind of, it's sticking with them afterwards. Love it. So um, 
the I would love to get a link to that, by the way, and I'll I'll if if there's a way for people to view it, mm-hmm. and I'll link it down in the show notes in case you're listening to this and you're like, oh, that sounds really cool. I want to check it out. Then don't don't worry about having to like write all this stuff down. Most people listen to podcasts like in the car mm-hmm. or you know um, doing doing something like that. So um, that would be great. Larry, question for you. So yeah. you jump into this. You're you're gonna get started. You've got this idea. You're gonna go. Was there anything about the development of of the brand around specifically packaging that either surprised you or frustrated you that you were like, I had no idea that X was going to be so hard around packaging when I was going to start a com- start this company? Well, I think you have a great a, a great idea in your head, and then you have to bring in a lot of people to help bring that idea. So when I designed the bottle. I wanted to make sure that it had sort of a a historical past to it, but could be sort of accepted in a modern way. So if you look at the bottle, um, it it was, I found, I was in Paris with my sister and I found this like 1940s perfume bottle that had the facets in it. And this, because of sort of how we were talking about French, we wanted something that was sort of beautiful. And then also some of the aspects of this that you'll see. So the facets also were about boning in a corset, right? You'll see when you turn it on the side, it sort of curves in a little bit sort of to give you that corset shape. Um, The label, as we said, is all, you know, reminiscent of John Willie's artwork, which we really revere. There's a little peephole in the back to see more of his artwork, because part of this idea is that, you know, looking through in thresholds, we have a choker in there that is a representative of the fetish lifestyle and a latex top. And if you feel it, it's really substantial. I want you to get the bottle in your hand, but it feels like something you would keep. Hmm. And I think looking at those kind of details, you know, your first, your first interaction with our brand has to be a little awe. And I think when you look at stuff on the shelf, because I think that was the big thing for me is everybody's like, Oh, let's go stock. Let's go stock. We want to go stock because it costs less because of the, and fighting through that was sort of the biggest thing. I think production wise, like, you know, we were there during um, COVID when we were launching this. So glass was a big problem getting it produced that way, going through the schematics, back and forth and not being there live. You know, um, I mean, Kevin, how many corks did we go through to like find the one that we really liked? So I think, and I don't want to speak for Kevin, but um, we are uh, believers in attention to detail in every aspect of the things that you do, because it's the stuff you're putting out. It's, you know, this is my baby. And I want people to feel that there was real attention put to this spot. It's not this mass marketing sort of, you know, we're not, we're not trying to pump this. We'd like to sell to a lot of people, but it has to be good. Yeah. I think that was the biggest part. I think we worked with great partners that helped us with the liquid. Um, uh, so it's, it's finding the right people to work with and being able to say to the people you don't want to work with, sorry, I need to move on. Yeah, no mm-hmm. doubt. That was I, uh, go ahead, Kevin. 
I was going to add one thing to to what Larry's saying too is that <clears throat> I think you know once we you know landed on it being a French gin and we really thought about what it means to be from France and you know a, you know a French product is that Fre you know everything French is about perfection and beauty and attention to detail so we really went the you know the extra mile with with both the liquid and with the and especially with the well especially with the packaging too I should say both. Um, but yeah, we really, we really got into, into it and thought, you know, if this is, if this is going to be a French gin, it has to be incredibly beautiful. So you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned that there's a, uh, I think you said there's a people, is that in the back side of the bottle? Yeah. So when you turn the label around, there's a little people that shows more of John Willie's artwork from Bazaar. And is that then on, is there like a reverse print on the front side yes. of the label? Exactly. There's three genius. Oh, there's three collectible images on the back. Okay. Are they unique to every bottle or is no, there's three different? They're mixed. You never know which one you'll get. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, have you had any sort of push or questions from consumers around like smart packaging? You know, so I know like 19 crimes really blew up the whole augmented reality thing when it came to wine, but have you had anyone, pushing you towards something like that or have you kept it pretty simple and 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 perfect right like yeah i kind of we've i mean listen we want to embrace technology the right way um i think the artworks and the product needs to speak for itself and then all the things around it and kevin can talk to some of this stuff everything around it has to point it back down to sort of an essence of what this brand is all about right we have delight and bewitch because this thing is about discovery and it's about taking some chances on some things like internally too for the things that we do but yeah we're exploring all different stuff on there um we work with dita von Tees, who's a partner in this brand and she is dying to make the label augmented so that she can come to life and it would be dita who comes to life so yeah we're looking at a lot of that stuff but again it can't just be bells and whistles i think you need to do things that make sense for what the brand is and aren't i don't know a trend we don't want to yeah. you know mm -hmm. If it if it helps at all, there was once where because I've 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 worked for large label printers. Right. And so we would have brands ask us about specifically the 19 crimes thing. And there was one company that said, hey, take a look at our label. And, and I won't I won't you know put them on blast. But it was like this. You had to do all this stuff. And you looked at the label through your phone and it was like some birds wings were flapping on the label. And you're like, is there what else? like it's cool. But like, what else are you, what, what, what is this adding to the experience? Cause you need somebody to do something and then you want to, you want to, you know, delight them even more than they were expecting. So for well, sure that, that would be, that'd be tough. Kevin, were you going to jump in there on the. Oh, sorry, I was going to talk to just real quick. Cause I have to put Kevin on blast because Kevin's the one who came up with turning the, 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 the salon of delights into an audio idea to make it sort of so i just want to say that it's been just want to comment on it that's been unbelievable for us i mean it's really transforms people when they come out of that i love it i love it yeah thanks thanks yeah the only thing i would say about the packaging too is like i think with um with this bottle and i just had this experience last night actually i had a gut there's i you know i live in philadelphia and on a very small street in uh like sort of downtown old you know old 1800s kind of area and um 
I had a guy, there's a guy who lives down the block from me who's from Utah, from Salt Lake City. Oh, okay. Um, and um, he came over and, um, you know, d- is very kind of like not into, you know, it, you know, things that we would say, like the brand kind of like something. But like he, when I put that bottle in his hand, we had him over for a gin and tonic last night. And when I put that bottle in his hand, people are almost transformed when they hold the bottle because he loved it. He's just like, it's so heavy. It feels so good. The latex top, the the embossing on the label. Like, it's funny. It's like, I, I, I like people kind of fall away a little bit when they, when they touch it. I'm not like giving ourselves kudos. It's just, it's great. Um, because people just go crazy about it and they just love it. And they, they sit there and they look, you know, he looked at it forever. And like, um, and I think it also like brings out other, you know, like he's like a really nice very innocent kind of guy and um it kind of brings out like a naughty side in him which was funny which i'd never seen before he's like he's like "Ooh, what's this who's this on the front and he wanted to know the whole story so you know he was very interested in it but um but also as the uh, not to add on but like as the um as a person who receives all the info at emails uh when you when you email sweet gwendolyn frenchin.com info at it's me um and the most questions we get are um no one's asked about the packaging and no one's asked about it you know like changing you know doing anything different in person people always ask when it's coming to their country we get so many inquiries from france germany and the uk it's it's crazy i have like a standard response now almost because which is we hope to be there in 2024 (laughs) wait so you don't you don't sell french gin in france not yet. Okay. Not yet. All right. No. No. And we've gotten some. Uh, some. That's where we've gotten a little flack. It's interesting, Adam, because you asked about some of the bottling stuff. So, in Europe, you need to sell. Uh, it's a different bottle. We sell a seven fifty. They need a seven hundred. So we're in the process right now of producing a new bottle for Europe. So that's one of the little bit of holdups. Got it. It's always packaging. It is. Think about it, but it's always. There's always something with that is one thing I never thought of. I gotta <laughs> say, yeah, I mean, people just don't. There's there's different regulations for different countries for the EU versus the US, and then like we, you know, we even talked about the getting different labels approved, and sometimes a state will, might go rogue, and you, you gotta you almost have to like default to the lowest common denominator, whether it's food or beverage or liquor or whatever. It's mm-hmm. it's a whole situation that. I I am still and will continue to be surprised at how complex it, it is just to navigate something as simple as a a generic statement on a on a you know on a gin label that by and large nobody reads. But if you get it wrong, that's a pretty heft that's it can be a pretty hefty penalty. Yeah. So absolutely. yeah, that's crazy. Well we uh, podcast with the, that discussion. What's that? We could fill a whole podcast with that discussion. <laughs> well, then we should we should do that on on the second installment when okay. you launch in France, because uh, we're up here at the at the end. It's the end of wow. the the podcast. The twenty twenty five minutes goes goes quick. Uh, so you mentioned that uh, you, uh, the website is sweetgwendolynfrenchgin.com. dot com, mm-hmm. um, and like I said, that'll be tag down here uh they can go check that out your instagram um page i'll have that uh down in the in the show notes the salon of delights uh which sounds intriguing um i really want to i really am excited to see this 
this bottle, right? I, I mean, normally I do an episode and I've already like experienced the packaging. So I'm, I'm excited to experience the bottle and, um, and, and see what, see what all, see what my fellow Utah in, in Philly is, uh, is so excited about. Oh, cool. right. I'll have to get you'll, you, uh, you'll have to get a bottle because we're converting you. You'll be transformed. I will. <laughs> I am actually right after this interview is done recording. I'm getting in a car and driving to Las Vegas. So I would. We're in guess, Vegas. I would so, guess that that would be a place yeah, that you'd yeah. be. Yeah. Um, so maybe I can pick one up there and, and bring It'll it be back. be our next big market too. Yeah. Perfect. Um, well, Kevin and Larry, is there any way that, uh, did I miss anything? People reach out to you individually. Obviously info at sweetgwendolynfrenchgin.com and you got Kevin, you got the head of marketing. Yep. So. It'll be me behind the, behind the email. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, both of you, thanks so much for coming on, uh, coming on the podcast. And um, I'm excited to see where your brand keeps growing and evolving and, and trying. I'm going to I'm gonna go try some of your gin this weekend. So Great. I'm excited for it. Thanks so much, Adam. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. Thank you both. Have a good one. Take care. Hey, congrats. You made it to the end of the podcast. If you're looking for more great podcast material in the packaging industry, please check out Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors and the newly redesigned Package Unboxed with Avelio Matos. Go find them wherever you listened to this podcast. Thanks, everybody.